Today, our guest is Mr. O'Neill Hampton, former Green Beret of the U.S. Army. In this episode, we look into his childhood of tremendous poverty, his wild journey of military conflicts, and the painful truth about interracial marriage and family. Welcome to the Cedar Valley Podcast that we call Lean Into the Messy. My name is Amos J. Olivares, and I serve here at Cedar Valley as our community engagement and teaching pastor, and I am your host. Totally excited for our second episode, and boy, am I happy to spend some time today <laughs> with my main man, Mr. O'Neill Hampton. Yeah. O'Neill, thank you so much for being with us today. No, thank you guys for having me. It's... it's uh... It's, it's, it's my pleasure, truly my pleasure. That's awesome. So, O'Neill, look, right, right off the bat, man, I know you're born and raised in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> and here's what I know about Gary, man. Gary's hood. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. I mean, rough back then. Yep. And I know it's still rough to this day. So before we even get into the beginnings of your story, I definitely want our listeners to get some information on you. Uh, they may or may not know you, uh, but you've been a part of Cedar Valley for now about 12 years. Yep. You are the husband to Sarah and father to four children, three boys and one girl. So why don't you just give us maybe two minutes of O'Neill's life today, okay, what yeah. you love to do, mm-hmm. and uh, who you love to do it with. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the Reader Digest version. Okay. Um, I'm O'Neill Hampton, like you said, you know, I was, um, I was born in, in Gary, Indiana, and we moved from Hammond, Gary to Chicago. Hammond, Gary, Chicago. We took that loop. Whenever we ran out of money, we moved. I mean, <laughs> just something we had to do. Whenever we couldn't afford to live, we were. anyway. But uh, that's who I am. I was born, you know, down in um, Indiana. There, I loved it. I'm, I'm a father to four amazing kids and ten grandkids. Um, I love my wife immensely. Sarah, Sarah. Sarah is just like my everything. Sarah, she is my everything, and I I, I love her so much, and I couldn't do life without her. And, so uh, just tell all yeah. the listeners out there real quick, how'd you get to the church today? What vehicle did you drive to the church today <laughs> for this podcast? I drove my Harley. I got, I got a Harley Road Glide. Yeah, I so love it. Those of you guys listening, man, this Harley Davidson is super bright orange. Uh, yes. And it's got the radio blasting. There you go. I mean, just riding in yeah, style on 494, yeah. right? Putting my knees in the breeze. That's right. <laughs> so you're passionate about bikes. I'm passionate about bikes. I, I like, I, I'm a, I collect, I'm a collector. I I shoot. I teach the permit to carry class. I've been teaching the permit to carry class for over 20 years since the inception when they first got it here. Okay, so, so I, you're I teach about the rifles, I'm, I'm pistols. About, yeah, I, I just love to shoot. I love the the, the target range shoot. I love it. And the other thing you're passionate about is your cabin. Right? Our cabin, that man. Cabin. That is our. We we made a plaque and it says our. If if heaven was on earth, this would be it. Oh, that's the cabin. Huh? <laughs> that's the cabin. What's that's the name the of the cabin. lake you're on over there? Uh, it's Diamond Lake. Diamond Lake. It's Diamond Lake. It's in Atwater, Minnesota. It's really nice. It's in between Litchfield and um, Wilmer. All right. It's in between Litchfield and Wilmer. It's a um, nice cabin, though. Nice, that's peaceful. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're really happy to have you with us. We're really happy to Super be here. Super blessed that you're part of Cedar Valley Church, man. Yeah. We just yeah. love the energy that you bring. Uh-huh. Uh, every time there's a good song, man, I know Nell's uh, <laughs> in the building when I hear him yelling and man, screaming and whistling you. and... Man, when the, when the Holy Spirit hits you, you got to move. Right. You, <laughs> you make the church move. a better place, man. Oh, man. You're it awesome. makes me a better place. So Gary, Indiana, man, 30 miles yeah. south of Chicago, um, 50, 60, 70. Yep. Uh, tell me about life as a child in Gary, Indiana. 
Um, we, 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 bro, we grew up dirt, dirt, dirt poor. I mean, we were in the city dirt poor. I mean, we didn't have, you know, a, I know a lot. When I hear people say we didn't know where our next meal come from, it's hard for me to fathom that in today's times because there's so many resources. Back then, it was much rougher or much harder. And, uh, but the, the real stable thing, the only stable thing in our life there, and I'm the second youngest of 12 kids. I got seven brothers and five sisters. I'm the second youngest of 12 kids. The only stable that we had was our mother. Mama didn't play that. Mama was a devout, strong Christian. Mm. She was a strong Christian. I mean, to me, I think women is God's greatest gift because I got a mama. And That's my awesome. mama, I, I lift her up on the highest pedestal right next to my wife. That's there, awesome. it's, it's just there. So when you say poverty, though, like, is mm. there, give me an example of how how poor were you really? Like, give me an we, example of what we, that looks like. Well, in, in one of the homes, in one of the homes we live in, in the wintertime, it was, as God's name, it was, it was ice on the inside of the house, on the inside of the wall. That's that's how cold it was. It was cold in the wintertime because we have our utilities shut off. And back then, they didn't have the regulations where you can't shut them off during the winter. It wasn't any of that. And, uh, and yeah, the, the utilities get shut off, you know, off and on, off and on. And it was so bad that our, my, our older brothers, um, um, Gregory and Leroy, they would actually sit in the living room and they would, and this is the, the God honest truth, they would shoot the rats at night. They came out, they came out. I mean, not mice, I mean rats. They would shoot the rats with, with 22s and pellet guns. And that's like, I think maybe that's where my love for, for weapons came in there. But they would honestly shoot them. And, and, it, and my, one of my sisters, um, Sadie, one time she was, fell asleep with a suck in her hand and actually a rat came and was chewing on her hand and woke up screaming. I mean, it, it was really, it was really bad. And, and, but here's the thing, you know what though? I didn't even know that that was poverty until things got better. I thought that's just how life is. That's just how it's going to be. The only thing I know is my mother kept saying, it's not going to always be this way. She mm. kept telling us that. She kept telling us. She said, just as sure as um, Jesus led the Jews out, he said, he's going to lead us out of this. That's what she told us. And, and I believed it. Yeah. So you had also mentioned to me as as we were preparing for our podcast here of a story when you guys were so broke, so hungry, uh, you and your brother, brother went and did yeah, what you yeah. thought was we, we, a good deed, we, doing something for the family, oh, and mama just turned this thing oh, on you. Oh, man, she turned into a tell good her, life Tell lessons. everybody about that that story we, that we're just going to call uh, the baloney story. It, and it's true. It's true. It's not, not baloney because it's not true. It's baloney because that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was we used to collect pop bottles. We used to collect pop bottles. And we take them and turn them in because you get money from them. You take them, turn them in, pop bottles, and get money. Well, we went to his name was Collins, Mr. Collins. We took we took the the pop bottles, and he said, "Turn, take them to the back." So we took the bottles to the back, and it was a deli in back, and the door was open. And we seen back then it was rings of baloney, you know, the the big rings of baloney. I looked at him. He looked at me. I took the baloney, and we ran out the back door. And I, I took it home. I said, Mama, Mama, look what I got, Mom. We got food. Look at this, Mom. She said, wow, y'all collected a lot of pop bottles, huh? I said, yeah. I said, yeah. No, no, Mama. I said, where you get that from? I said, we took it out of the store. She said, wait, did he give it to you? He said, no, we took it. She hmm. said, you stole it? I said, and I didn't know what stealing mean. I said, no, we took it. 
she grabbed me by the ear, and every other third step, she hit me in the back of my head. She took me all the way back to that store. All the way back to that store. Every other third step, she let go of my ear and hit me in the back of the head. <laughs> and I'm, I'm embarrassed. My friends is all laughing at me and stuff. So we, Mr. Collins said, um, well, well, Miss Alberta, we can't, we can't take it back because of hygiene purposes. You got out here, we can't. He said, I'll tell you what, you can have it. My mother made us work in that store, sweeping and mopping that floor every night he closed for the whole summer. We had to do that. Pay that back. But here's how it turned out, though. It turned out, though, we didn't have no food, and, I'm, and I didn't know it was still in the time. I just took it. But not only did he give us that, he started giving us food, uh, us working. He started paying us and giving us food to take home to our family. So what came out of a, a bad, bad, bad thing, she said, she said, she called me Neil. She said, Neil, you would never steal nothing. And I didn't know what stealing. I just seen it, thought I did. She said, you would never steal. She said, Neil, what happened when you steal something? And I was crying. You, 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 whoopers, mama. She said, no. She said, what happened when you steal something? He said, I'll go to jail, mama. She said, no. She said, what's the absolute worst thing when you steal something? I said, what, mama? She said, you labeled a thief. She said, that is the worst thing you can ever be labeled as a thief. She said, what happens when you lie? I said, you'll catch us and whoop us. I said, no. So what happens when you lie? She said, you label a liar. She said, the two worst things in life you can ever be is a thief and a liar. And she said, you will not be none of one of those. That's the last time that I ever took something out of anywhere. And here you are, hungry, oh, poor, oh, man, you got I nothing was, to eat, I thinking was, you're doing something good for the family. I thought I was doing good. I just took it. I didn't know it was, you know, I mama turned in the bottle. You a lesson. She taught me a life lesson. Life I never lesson. took nothing so, since then. Give me a few life lessons from the painful... Uh, mm -hmm. the painful childhood that you that you had to endure, uh, this extreme poverty. What are some life lessons to this day? Like, what did you learn? Mm -hmm. What did you learn as a result of that that make an impact in your life today? Never, ever, ever give up. Just like she said, never give up. We never, we never settle for a resolve, and we kept moving. And that's what it made me stronger. The the man I am today is exactly what I was made from, from my life of growing up, mm -hmm. of poverty and what this. Now, I'm not saying you have to be a, have a life of poverty to be a good person, not at all. That was just my avenue. Yeah. But my mother promised me, she said, you will break this cycle. She said, you won't be on no social service. You will not be on welfare. You will not be on food stamp. And food stamp was just coming into play when I was like in high school because food stamp wasn't, we got that stupid government cheese and, 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 uh, and, and what's that? Uh, peanut butter. Peanut butter. And to this day, I can't. I don't like cheese or peanut butter. Just reminds you. Of I, them yeah. Days. Oh my goodness! I cannot no cheese or no nothing unless it's cooked in there. If yeah. it's a you yeah, know, yeah. but on a hamburger, that no, I, I can't stand cheese or peanut butter. Yeah. But but she said you will break this cycle, and we did. Good for you. And and not just for me, for my kids as well. That's awesome, man. So uh, moving from your childhood into this next uh, part of your story, what we'll call military conflicts. Mm -hmm. The journey of military conflicts oh, yeah. is a touchy subject for you, and I know yeah, that, yeah, and so yeah. I'll be sensitive to that for sure, but mm -hmm. not because you are soft. That's not <laughs> why we're not going to talk about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, There's yeah, just yeah. some things yeah. that took place that you just can't talk about. And uh, But as a Green Beret, I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's the special. So, so those of you guys listening out there, this is the special forces, like the elite of the U.S. Army. We're talking about the best of the best, and with that comes a lot of responsibility, lots of dangerous encounters, 
My question well, to you is like, mm-hmm. when did this whole dream, or when did the <laughs> thought come? Like, I'm going to the U.S. Army. Well, what happened was, what happened was, and 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 I was I was in foot I was in college playing football. I got hurt. I I I wasn't a good student. I wasn't a good student in high school. I wasn't a good student in college. It, and it was it probably because of you know the upbringing of not knowing you know where I'm gonna eat. The only time I knew I was gonna eat for sure. It's when we got free lunch in school. <laughs> That's the only time I knew I was going to eat that day. Man. But but I, I just wasn't a good student. I'll be the first to tell you I am not a smart man. I'm not. I'm not a smart man. I consider myself a wise man. I'm a, and I am not smart. I'm not at all. All of my kids are very, very successful and very smart. I always say, Thank God for wives, because they got all that genetic smartness from Sarah, not me. <laughs> they might have got the tenacity to be what they are, but they did not get the brains from me. But um, but so so I I I didn't want to go to college anymore. So I went to the military and I said I was hurt. I got hurt. I said, um, I want the toughest thing you got. He said, I'm gonna send you airborne. He said, I want the toughest thing you got. He said, I'm gonna send you Pathfinder, Ranger, Green. And I said, I want I want more. What's the tough? He said, young kid. I was young. He said, slow down. You're talking about the recruiter. The recruiter. He said, young kid, slow down. He said, let me get you in the Army, and you go from there. If you like, if you want to go to, to, to Airborne, this and this, you do that. So I went in, went through jump school, went through all the training, and it, it, the training was hard. And I'm telling you, I played football since the sixth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, all the way through college. Wasn't nothing as hard as it was going through the military training. Nothing. Nothing oh, in my life. And because not it's just not because of practice in a football field is two hours. I remember um, um, our coaches used to say, we're going to take, we're going to get a two-hour practice, even if it takes us three hours. In the military, <laughs> it's it's 16 hours a day. I mean, it's it's it's, it's quite different. Yeah. And um, but but again, it prepared, it prepared me for this. So so I went through all my training and and did a lot of jumps, a lot of jumps, a lot of military jumps. That's why my body's so tattered and torn, as, as you know. So when you say jumps, you're referencing, like, jumping out of an airplane. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. like 40,000 yeah, feet above? How, no, how no, we, well, the highest was was twenty five to 20,000, and that's called a halo jump, high altitude, low opening. High altitude, low openings, and the, that was originally designed where you jump out above the radars and you pull your, your ripcord below the radar. So that's halo called halo, high altitude, low opening. And um, and I'm telling you what, I remember distinctly remember because you first you start out with static line jumps. We did a lot of static line jumps where you hook you're up. You're talking and about all this the... stuff like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, okay. When you first start out, you start out with static line. Static line is when you hook up to a cable and you jump out and you count to four thousand, one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, and then you look up. And if you look up and don't see your shoot deploy. You better pull your reserve, okay? Because you only got a short time to, to get that. That's called a static line. And then you got the halo. It's when it's when you a totally different. It's no static line. You're jumping out. Got a little um, oxygen in, in your suit because it's cold up there. It's really cold. The higher you go up, it's cold. So it's two different types of jump. You do the mass exits when you do the the cable. When you do the static line, and when you know when you doing anything special then that's when you do the so obviously the when you're doing these things you're obviously in places that we're not going to talk about oh doing yeah, things yeah, that yeah we're not we, going to talk yeah, about yeah we but uh, we was, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like going out and doing a little uh, you know, no <laughs> no it's not know. like going over to oscars wisconsin and jumping out of a plane <laughs> it's not yeah, like it's not that. skydiving no you know. it's not skydiving you but, i mean but, you loaded down with equipment you got your 
you got your equipment, you got your ammo, you got your grenades, you got your, you got your, you got, it all. You got your secondary go. weapon. Yeah, you got, you got your machine. I mean, you just load it up and, and honestly, you can't wait to get out that door because you just, when you're in the air, you're weightless. It's, it's just, it's so nice to. So I, I know your story, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, we, we can't talk too much about this, but facing death, serious injury, major oh, conflict. Yeah, jumping out of play. I, this I, stuff was happening Yeah, I all tell the time. you, jumping out of planes, I, it was it just not there. Yeah, that and just all the things coming out there, getting on that ground. It was just, yeah. It, but it was through just, it all, through it all, O'Neal. There's God. one thing you said to me that it is. Like, God. you said through everything you endured yep. while in the military. It was nothing but the grace of God that got me through. Because I'm telling you, it's been places where I've seen people down jumps. In fact, my captain of my, the captain of my company one time, he was, he, he got on, he went on a, I, I scheduled a jump for him. He was a, he was a CO. And he died in a parachute accident. And I felt bad because I scheduled that jump for him. I was supposed to jump, and I said, "No, nah. I said you go ahead and jump because he had to get his jump in, and he didn't do it." So I'm telling you, it's it's but it, but in on the ground, I'm telling you, it's nothing but God grace. Every time I got up there, and if anybody tell you anybody tell you they're not scared when they jump out of a plane, they lie. They lie. They lie. They lie. Because I I I I say the same thing all the time. I say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me for all my sins. I say, I accept this as my personal Savior. <laughs> just I believe in, case. in the blood of Jesus just Christ. In case. Just in case. Just in case. Just in case. I say that every time I jumped out of a plane in that time. And even and I know that I I didn't, I know I, I was always a believer. My, my mama, I was baptized when we was young. And and all the things. God carried me through the whole, whole time I was in the military of, 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 of anything, everything that, that we went through. And so, yeah, we're going to move on from the military thing, mm -hmm. but I just want to make sure all the listeners know this. You didn't mention it, but I remember it from yesterday. Mm -hmm. O'Neill joined the military, everybody, without his <laughs> about-to-be wife yeah, even yes. knowing. So he shows up at home yes, and says, oh, by the yes, way, I did. there's going to be a little delay. I I'm did. on my way to the I military. Did. I, I, what I did, I, I, I did. I, I, yeah, I kind of forgot about so that. So Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> I would have so to sorry. Was, I, I'm going to tell, you, I'm tell you real quick. Yeah, I think I'm apologizing again, baby. I did. <laughs> but yeah, what happened was I went and talked to recruiter. I, I, I joined. I signed on the dotted line. Everything was fine. He said, okay, be here on Wednesday. This was on a Monday. I came home. I said, Sarah, I just joined the Army. And she thought she started laughing. And I said, now nah, I got to go to Indiana because I was here in Minnesota. I got to go to Indiana and tell my mother, give her a kiss and hug. And I said, then I'm, I'll come back on Tuesday and then I'm leaving on Wednesday. And she still thought it was a joke. And, and no, I did. I, I didn't even tell old. her. And I, I felt, no I felt bad. I felt bad. And, and uh, she's forgiven me since. But <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, no, I just want to say something to you, man, on behalf of, on behalf of everybody at this church who loves you. Mm. Thank you for your service to mm. our country. You're a hero, no, and I well, admire, I truly admire your bravery, well, I, and I'm I very think, thankful for your let's life. Let's see, Cedar Valley is right for me, and I will always be here. I'm, I'm Cedar Valley is so right for me. Oh, that's and, awesome. And, and we I love, you, I love this. I, I, I love the community. I love the church community. So the last thing we're going to do, we're going to save our time for this one, because this is really where I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit. Your wife, Sarah, who is a beautiful soul, mm -hmm. just so happens to be a white woman, mm -hmm. and uh those of you that are listening to O'Neill, uh, just so you know, he's a 
good looking black man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, so, but well, so, one out so of one Sarah's ain't bad. A, <laughs> one out of two ain't bad. Sarah's a beautiful white woman, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the woman you fell in love with. And she straight took your mm-hmm. heart, and to this day, mm-hmm. holds that heart right in her hands. Yeah. But the fact that she's white. Well, we all know it just has its challenges. And I want to expose, like, I really just want to expose the painful truth, like the messy of interracial marriage and family. Because our church Mm -hmm. is filled with a beautiful blend of of color and culture. Mm -hmm. So... Take a, take a few seconds. Tell us the love story of yeah. O'Neill and Sarah. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you aren't afraid of telling the truth, so please no, include no. the challenges that you both yeah, faced yeah, yeah, yeah. as the story unfolded. Well, okay, you know, I'm, you know, don't don't ask me a question unless you want to hear the truth. That, that's that's my that's my motto. And here's the truth: um, me and Sarah have been together almost forty five years, and it wasn't an easy forty five years in in the in the beginning. Sarah was bold. She went down and met my mother while I was in the military, even before. Now, she went down through, she had an auntie that lived in Chicago. She drove through Chicago to Hammond and Gary to meet my mother by herself. But prior to that, I, I called my mother and I said, Mama, I said, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm, I'm getting married. And she said, really, Neil? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm marrying a white girl. And Mama said, what? And I thought, Mama, you, this ain't, you never been, you ain't prejudiced. What do you mean? She said, she said, tell me again, who are you marrying? I said, I'm marrying a white girl. I just didn't want you to be mad at me or nothing, you know, because nobody in my family went this road before. I said, she, she said, Neil. She said, she said, Neil, listen to me. You listen to me good. She said, don't ever, ever in your life again tell me you marrying a white girl. She said, tell me you marrying the girl you love. She said, I don't give a care who, what color she is, but don't never, not only me, but don't tell anybody else you're marrying a white girl. She's the woman you love. And you tell me you're marrying the woman you love and not, you're not marrying a color. I said, wow, mom. I said, thank you. I said, thank you, mom, for breaking that down to me like that. Yeah. And it's true. But yeah. I was, see, even, even me, myself, I was looking at it as a color thing and not as a person I love because I loved her. I mean, it's, it's I, you know, that's, that's my heart. Yeah. You know, that, and so she said, don't ever tell me again you marrying a white girl. Tell me you're marrying a girl you love. Yep. And, that's, and that's who you but, marry. But, I mean, if we're just being honest, though, like, even here in America, even sometimes within the church, like, yeah. interracial marriage is not well, easily. Well, back then, back then, I got quite a few stories, but this one. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. A lot of, when you say interracial marriage and it wasn't easy, a lot of times people run to the white side, say, yeah, you know, white people, they're like, no. We caught it from both angles. We caught it from black folks Your and own from people. white folks. Yeah, we caught it, I caught it from my own people. I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it righteous. I'm going to keep it truthful. We caught it from both sides. We caught it from both sides. It's just as so many, not just as many, but it was, Black people didn't like as much as white people did, and that and that's just that's the that's the reality of it. So I just cannot say it was prejudice on on the white side. It was both, but that's that wasn't who we were. You know, it, it's it's if if all of us was buried for a hundred years and they dug us up, do you know that they're able to tell if you're a male or female, and that's it? Not initially. It's the secondary of your race. And that's because God made us as human beings. He made us as this or that. Yeah. He didn't, the colors wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't an issue with him. So, so I'm, I'm saying that to say this. She, um, we, we, we did. 
when when Sarah would come down the military, I was I was based out of out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Yeah, now, I was hoping you were going to get to this. this oh part my of the story goodness, right here. man! We were. <laughs> she came down to see me. It's in the seventies now. She came down to see me, and we left. We left the hotel room. Oh, first of all, I couldn't even get a room on base. They wouldn't let me and her get a room on base. First of all, because because of our because of the interracial thing, yeah. we had to be off base. On, in, in the army, so okay, but that was one thing. Well, they said there wasn't no room and this and that, but the doors was closed for other reasons, and uh -huh. I know that. But anyway, but that 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 wasn't that was immaterial. But the, so we go off base and we stay in a nice hotel, nice hotel. We leave the hotel to go to get something to eat. These trucks came by with rocks and start throwing their rocks in. You n word, you 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 get you go get leave her alone, leave that white girl alone, leave that white woman alone. We gonna come back and get you. Yeah. Oh easy. my God! Now I'm in the military in my yeah. uniform. <laughs> they yeah. doing this. Yeah. So Sarah was so scared. So then I went back to the post. I got some of my some of my you know military friends who didn't play that, and and they stayed there and kind of watched us and kind of protect us. So Sarah was so scared. She said, "I got to go back home." She said, "I can't deal with this. I got to go." And she came back. Yeah. So, so yes, it was hard. Even, even, I mean, I mean, e even, even early on, even early on when we had kids. I was going to ask later, yeah. like, it's one thing for you guys, but then your children, you know, a beautiful blend of both cultures. Yeah. You know, what, what was that like raising four? You have three boys, one girl. Three boys, one girl. Four yeah. children. Yeah. What, what yeah. was it like? What were the challenges well, <laughs> with well, that? I, 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 I honestly feel bad for my kids because you know she got they got my culture and her culture. So my kids they had to eat chitlins and lutefisk. <laughs> <laughs> they had to have chitlins and lutefisk, <laughs> two, two opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> but uh, but they um, and they don't they don't like it. They don't eat neither one. By the way, <laughs> but um, lutefisk like them burrito things, the uh, burrito looking things. Lutefisk is lie. It is 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 I think it's cod. Cured and lie. They cured and lie. Okay, no thank you. I know, I know. It's, no it's, thank you. I'll but, stick to but some then, tacos. you know, chitlins is a hog's intestines. It's intestines of a hog. So we I call ain't no them better. Chicharrones where I come from. <laughs> it ain't no better. But 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 our kids, you know, raising them up before they would go to school. Before O'Neill, my oldest son, I would tell him, said O'Neill, I'm gonna be the first one to call you this n-word. I'm gonna tell you what this n-word is. That ain't you. I said you're gonna be called even though you mix. You're gonna always be known or looked at as being black, even though you mix. You got just as much as Scandinavian blood in you as you do got African American blood in mm -hmm. you. I said you mix, but you're gonna be always revered as black. So I'm gonna give, I'm gonna say, here's what the N-word, here's what the word is. That's not you. You know you won't ever be that, you won't ever be that guy. You won't never be that guy. This is who you're gonna be. And and yeah, so I told him right in the beginning that. That that's that's not who he is, and that's not what any of my kids are. Yeah. Well, a fast forward twenty, thirty years now, and you are now the proud grandfather of how many grandkids? Ten grandkids. Ten grandkids. <laughs> Ten grandkids. Man. Ten grandkids. Yeah, all from all from us. I mean, that it's just. I mean, we are. I'm telling you. I can imagine how just loud your house is at Christmas time. Oh my God! If there uh, anything it's, like you, it's, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of laugh, there's a lot of laughing. There's a lot of food. There you go. Right? There you go. I mean, and it, it is. It's good times. I that's mean, it. I I came from a big family. I love this big family. Absolutely. We go up. We went up to the lake last year, and with, between me and Sarah, it was twenty of us. 
all just families. That's crazy. Between the 10 kids and the spouses. All started and as this little boy in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> poor as can possibly be. I wouldn't, I'll tell you what. 50 if years, you 55 years later. If you would have, 55 years later, I'm 60 years later. 60 years later. I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right, 55. <laughs> I like that. You know what? But if you would have told me that this how my life was going to be, 60-something years later, to believe I would have said, you lying. Yeah, you went I would, to believe I'm me. serious. I mean, I don't mean to be that harsh, but I, in a no way, I'm telling you, I didn't even know if I was going to make it out of, there, out, of the, out of that area. I didn't even know I was going to yeah, make it. That was one of my thoughts is, man, I, you shouldn't even be here. I mean, no. you've had so many no. different death encounters. See, that's what I'm telling you, man, that God, grace, the grace of God, I've always tried to stay in his guiding light, and I, I pray I, I pray immensely, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, when we was in, in, in Gary there, our lights get cut off. This is the gospel truth. Mama will be singing and praying, and our lights come back on. Man. I'm telling you, our lights will come back on just with that. Then the, the, it was called NIPSCO, Northern Indiana Public Service. They come to our house the next day and say, who turned on your lights? Honest to God. God himself. And, and, and my mother just point to the sky. Well, and they turned them off again, but they they did. That, yeah. That's that's an honest truth. Who turned on your lights? That and that is the truth. You know, yeah. the beauty of this podcast, the the whole heart behind this podcast is to take people who are uh, just part of our church mm-hmm. and to unfold their story so that yeah. other people yeah. can benefit from their story. Because the truth is, O'Neill, there's a lot of people out there listening to this podcast right now, and some part of your story is resonating with them. It could be. Yeah that they find themselves in your story as uh, as a child in some deep poverty in, in, a, in a small rural town. Mm-hmm. It could be some people who, uh, you know, military could be, could be military yeah. or just, you mentioned in our, in our review of this podcast that your going to the military was your way of searching for searching yourself. Searching for like, myself. You didn't know yes. who you were, what your purpose was, what your identity was. Exactly, man. Man, and, I'm telling you, I didn't know who O'Neill Hampton was at 18, 19, 20, I didn't know who he was. I knew one thing. I knew that I was a God-fearing man. I always kept him. I kept, always kept his, his harness on. I always kept him in the forefront. And I knew that I was better than what I was striving to be. Like I said, my mom raised 12 kids. None of us. Oh, and by the way, like yeah. I, I asked you this yesterday. Your mm-hmm. father oh, never mom. lived at home with you. No, no, no. Mama did it all by herself. Mama, mama, that's what I'm telling you. Women is God's greatest creation. Mama raised us. Now, I ain't gotten my father in later years. Me and my father bonded. We good. In fact, I got his namesake. I'm, na- I'm O'Neill Hampton Jr. He's senior. Man. And I don't know why I got that. But anyway. But you did. But I did. But no, daddy never lived in, the, in our house with us. In fact, I remember going to, he lived in Gary too. I remember the first time I went to his house when I could read and see stuff. And I looked at his mail and it was another ladies on that mail. I said, Daddy, who who name who is this? And he said, Boy, don't be you can't read, don't look at that. And it was it was it was his wife. Yeah. And I didn't even know he was married. I oh. did not know. And and I mean, I, I I mean, you know, it's just it's just what it was. Yeah. You know, well, so. listen, I our our time is running short, but mm-hmm. um I first of all just want to thank you for letting us have the opportunity <laughs> to take a look into your life and mm-hmm. to really see some of what we, you know, yeah, it's the messy part of life, yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's yeah, messy. Yeah. As a child, there was some messy things happening in your world, mm-hmm. and uh, no child should have to endure those types of conditions. I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine laying in a house with ice on the inside of the walls and rats running around and rats eating off yeah, your yeah, fingers yeah, and yeah. being that. I mean, I, I get hungry 
but like mm -hmm. that's different, you know. Yeah. And then uh, also the challenges and the sacrifice that you made for this country and, uh, and and all the things that you did on on our behalf that that people will probably never know, but but you know, and, yeah. and, and mm -hmm. we're really thankful for your service mm -hmm. in that. And then just the idea of um, what you know, as a married man falling in love with a white woman, raising children that have a beautiful blend of both cultures and the mm -hmm. challenges that you face in that. And honestly, like our church is filled with people like you. There, there yeah. are others in our church who are Thank in that goodness. same station Thank in life goodness. and kind of same story. Thank God. And I, and I just pray that all of them who are listening to this today are encouraged to like mm -hmm. stick with it. And stick I think with it. I think the theme of your life, the banner over your life, is the faithfulness of God. Like the faithful, I'm God's telling goodness, you, man. right? It's great is mercy and goodness is enduring. Absolutely, it's enduring. I mean, it, it haven't been time when I want to curse God and shake my fist. Yes, it has been, but have it been time that he that he took me over this mountain that I never thought I would see. And he, he brought me to places I never thought I'd be. God kept you, and he protected you, and he yes. healed you. So yeah. take 10 seconds, man. What do you want to say to those listening today who are just absolutely struggling right now wherever they are? Never, 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 ever give up. Always, 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 always count on the mercy of and grace of God, because he is there. He know us. He hear this. He knew that we were in that situation. He knew that we was hungry. He knew, but at the same time, he also know, be faithful. And that's what we did. He always showed up. And he always, I mean, every single time, he always showed up. So that's what I'm saying. So in the hardest time, and I know I'm sitting right here in this studio, I'm sitting right here talking, and I know you you going through whatever you're going through, but I'm telling you, drop on those knees and ask him to give you there strength you to get through it. And I guarantee he's going to awesome. be there for you. That's guarantee cool. you. It's a good word, man. I guarantee appreciate that you. very much. Uh, what a treat it's been, O'Neill, <laughs> no, to man, sit with you treat, and have man. a conversation with <laughs> you. What a, what a story, a beautiful story <laughs> of God's faithfulness. Yep. And <laughs> what's so crazy is there's so much more to this story that people <laughs> can never know. So, uh, yeah, hey, just yeah, want to let you yeah. guys all know, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lean Into the Messy. Yes. My challenge to you listeners this month is this. If you know a couple that is a blend of color or cultures, celebrate them. It will mean more to them than we may even know. Let's always see people like Jesus sees them. I look forward yes. to our next podcast yes. in June. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys.